Caleb, can I ask you a question? Yes. If you're driving down the highway, you know the the striped white lines that are down the middle of the highway? Yeah. You want to like guess separating that? lanes? Yeah. The okay. striped that you that you pass and cross lanes. Yeah. You want to guess how long those are? What do you mean how long? Like how long the individual lines are, the white lines? Um so the ones that are dotted. Yeah. Gosh. Um I would assume they're longer than they seem because if they were shorter, like they seem shorter because when you're driving 60 miles an hour, you see them really, I would say 10 feet. You got it. That's I d- it. They are Come on. Ten, they are 10 feet long <laughs> and there are 30 feet between each one. So I'm a genius. Most, Ameri- most what you're Americans saying. estimate two to two and a half feet. So I just assumed because you were asking, like they have to be longer yeah. than they seem. I was going to say six feet, but 10 feet. I was right. So am I, I'm a genius, basically, is what you're you are. confirming. Yeah. Thank you. Higher <laughs> IQ level than most. It's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure I'm right around average <laughs> IQ-wise. Um, hey, welcome to Gathering Podcast. Uh, this is kind of an added episode um, based upon our series that we ended last week called Hello, My Name is Revival. We want to kind of continue the conversation on worship because we both felt like uh, there was kind of a power in that conversation that we had that we wanted to extend a little bit. Um, what we focused on last week was worship as uh, we, we talked about the essence of worship as our response of God's love and grace and mercy sure. and his sacrifice of Jesus Christ who died and was buried and rose again for us and provided a way of salvation for, for all who believe. And so our response of that revelation is a lifetime of worship. It's not just a concert. It's just not just singing or an event. It is, um, it is uh, straight up uh, adoration and honor, uh, laying our life down before God and delighting yeah. in Him forever. That's the essence of worship. But and we see that yeah. you know the writer of Hebrews, he breaks worship into two areas, exceptionally the the expression of worship in um, praise, acts yeah. of praise, and that's what we talked about: adoration, right. lifting our voice, honoring the Lord. But then the second part is acts of love. Yeah. And that may not be honoring it with praise, the, the worship that we're familiar with where people are raising their hands and yeah. singing yeah. at the altar or just praising the Lord, you know, vocally. But this is acts of love when we when we give out of service, when we give right. financially, when we give mm-hmm. our time, when we cook a meal for somebody, bake somebody a pie. That is an act of worship in itself. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So we talked about that last week. So th- what we wanted to extend, though, yeah. today is worship uh, not just as an event or an expression or even just, you know, adoration, but but worship as a weapon of our warfare in terms of spiritual warfare. That's what we're getting at in this episode. So I'm really excited to kind of unpack this. And I want to start writing, um, I want to go to Second Chronicles verse uh, 20, or chapter 20, uh, starting in verse 20 through 23. I'm, I'm just going to read it because this, this, this hit me so hard as I was reading it earlier. It says, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. Now, King Jehoshaphat is the king of, uh, of Israel and, I'm um, sorry, of Judah. And they are um, in the middle of a battle against the, the people of um, Ammon, Ammon, Ammon. I'm not sure what, how to say that, but yeah. so they're, they're, at, they're at war. And so here's where we are in the text. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Israel. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you'll be successful. 
After consulting the people, check this out. This is the move. He's, this is the play he's going to make. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ready at the head of the army. They went out at the head. They were leading the army and they sang uh, and, and saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So here's the essence of it. The strategy that God gave King Jehoshaphat to win this battle was appoint the men to sing. Basically, have your worship leaders lead the army and sing and praise God about his love and give him thanks and praise and adoration and sing. And God used the singing to then uh, cause confusion and the enemies of Judah to be defeated. Sure. What an incredible illustration for obviously not just physical battle and war today, but as you know, Ephesians, we know that our, our war is not against flesh and blood. Mm. It's against the, the powers and the principalities of the, of the dark world. Sure. And so what an amazing uh, text to look at in terms of how powerful worship is in our spiritual warfare. Sure. You know, it's interesting because when we talk about spiritual warfare, sometimes it can get very esoteric, high level yeah. where people Ariel. think, well, you know, what are you actually talking about? Because you're referring to demons, principalities, cosmic powers. And, you know, even in the modern church, people kind of ignore that part of of spirituality. And yeah. the truth is, is that we right. there are those who are willing to recognize the good in the world and recognize the angels and the in Jesus and in that spiritual world. But when it comes to demons, there's almost yeah. a, a an attitude of, well, that's kind of mystic and it's not really. Mm. But the truth is, you look throughout Scripture, and we know that there is a demonic world that, that God set up His kingdom. And there was a moment in time where Satan, Lucifer, was cast out of heaven because he rebelled against God. And in that, he took with him an army of of demonic legion with him to essentially sow in death, destruction, and sin into the world and create disorder, chaos, and confusion. And in that, it's very active and alive today. Oh, yeah. And very active. And, And it's funny because we look throughout the text, and you just mentioned Ephesians, but in the first chapter of Ephesians, it says that, Jesus seated him who is seated at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. So this is showing us and Paul's writing this to the Ephesians that we have Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the father who's above every authority, every principality, every demonic spiritual cosmic power. So these are real and it's not something that just happened in the old Testament. This is, the real we we witness it in our day to way day to day walk and also in in ministry. Demonic activity oh, yeah. is real. Oh yeah, it's a real, real deal. In fact, I want to I want to even go push further with this with this yeah. idea. Is I think whenever there's um God's manifest presence, um there is usually the enemy's manifest presence. Right. So when God is moved, when God's power and presence is revealed to people, typically it's met by 
a uh, some sort of demonic manifestation. Um, think about Jesus' ministry. Wherever he went, he was healing the crowds and healing, you know, doing powerful sure. miracles. And what was that met by? Almost every time, someone who was someone who was demonic possess, demonically possessed. Mm-hmm. So we do cast out demons, and Jesus dealt with demons uh, almost like not normally supernatural. Mm-hmm. It was like a part of his ministry. Right. Um, and then you go to the New Testament. You go to the Book of Acts. You see the disciples. Uh, a part of their a part of their ministry was casting out demons. Right. They were met with that opposition. So typically. Even in, I remember having a conversation with Larry Titus, my mentor. Uh, he, he's done some some of the most powerful ministry back in, you know, especially back in the. He was a youth pastor, started out in, in uh, oh geez, seventies maybe mm. before that yeah. maybe. So and he, he was in worship before that. He was a worship. I think, I think he actually just celebrated like fifty years of ministry wow. recently. Yeah, he was he was a worship leader and stuff. Anyway, he was saying, um, kind of just talking about what we're talking about right now and saying that. Whenever there's revival, whenever there's revival, it's always met with manifestations of evil, right? Um, and whenever there's revival, he told me, whenever there's revival, be ready to deal with the demonic. Yeah. Be ready to, be, to cast it out immediately. And, um, and I was thinking of that. I'm like, man, like in our ministries and our churches and our gatherings, and if we're really experiencing God's presence and power, right. we have to be ready to be able to, have the power of God to deal with the demonic manifestation right. when we see them, not cower in fear and be like, oh my goodness, this is crazy and mysterious. And no, like it was so normal to Jesus. He just was like, you know, be gone and be gone and, right. it, and it would leave. And so um, I, I, I say that to say, like, I think you bring up such a good point. The demonic manifestations and darkness and oppression and spiritual oppression and stuff like that, we should, we should be ready for that right. when it comes and I think there's this connotation of fear whenever like a pastor talks about demons or whatever. It's like, no, whenever we talk about demons, we should know one thing that, that we are never to be afraid, right? Never to be afraid. In fact, Jesus sent out his disciples in Luke chapter 10 and they, they were casting out demons. They were healing the sick. And then they come, Alex, remember this? They come back to Jesus and they're like, even the demons, uh, you know, obey us. Even the right. demons do what we tell them to do. Um, we have authority over them. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, it was normal. He's like, yeah, I've given you authority over, over demons, but don't rejoice over that. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He's like, rejoice that you're saved. And so he was like, it was almost like the, it was, it was, it was normal, right. For a powerful follower of Jesus to be able to cast out demons. Right. And so, um, it's, it, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it'll look more normal as, as, mm-hmm. uh, as the ministry begins to grow yeah. and we see revival. In it's interesting because, you know, demons are active and alive today and there can be some uncertainty about that. And with uncertainty is fear. And a lot of Christians will, you know, come into and their walk, especially new Christians, and they don't even want to approach the topic because they right. feel that they're going to invite something in. But the truth is this, is Colossians 2.15 says, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. To know this, yeah. demons are active, yeah. they're alive, they're real, but they can only do this. They can distract, they can delay, and they can deceive, mm. but they have no power over the soul. Yeah. You know yeah. why? Because Jesus disarmed them. Right. They can scare you. It's like going through a haunted house. You know how they, they'll say, oh, the, the actors won't touch you. They won't hurt you. Just they'll, They can distract you. They can delay you. 
They can deceive you. They can, but they can't touch you. They can't yeah. hurt you. Yeah, bro. It, if I ever went through, I would punch those dudes <laughs> in the face. I'd be like, but get behind a, me. But, why? Because they've been disarmed. They've yes. been disarmed. Why? Yes. Because Jesus, who's the ruler yeah. and authority over all, all over over all creation, over all beings, has no. They have no power. They're, they're defeated. Yeah, they're li- at Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. They were defeated. Now all they're trying to do is distract you. Right, lure you into sin, keep you ensnared and right. trapped, and and the more we cower in fear, the more we're giving into what they listen. They can't kill you. The, the, no, no demon's gonna show up at night with a knife in his hand and kill you. That that's impossible. Jesus has the keys to death and life. Right. No demon in hell has has any any power over your life. It they only have the power you give them. Mm. That's good. They only have the power you give them. So. Going tying this back to our focus, when we praise and when we worship and when we declare and sing the name and the power of Jesus Christ, we are taking dominion and authority over these spirits. Um, I remember a night at Bible College at Christ for the Nations. Um, my roommates they were they went back home to visit home, and so I was by myself that night. And I woke up at like 2 a.m. And it was like automatically, I w- it was almost like what woke me up was this dark, oppressive sense of, uh, of, of, a, of a demonic manifestation in my room. It was like this sure. thick darkness. I know, I know everybody listening, you probably have had these moments where you, you experience these moments of, of deep darkness. You can sense like sure. there is an evil presence here in my room. So I woke up to that around 2 a.m. And, um, I was, I'm not, I, I was paralyzed with fear. I mean, I was scared. I was like freaked out and it's not like I hadn't ever experienced that before in my life, but it was like, man, this was thick. This was deep. And I'm like, man, and I knew what to, I mentally knew what to do to pray and worship and call on God. And, but I was paralyzed in fear and I was allowing fear to win for about an hour until um, I, I got I, I got the courage to grab my phone and to put on um, the song uh, "There's Power in the Name of Jesus." What's that? What's that song called? Is it? Is that what it's called? "Power in the Name of Jesus." There yeah. is power in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I, to break I, every chain. That's it. Break, break every, every chain. chain. That's a song. Break every chain. Break every. Come on, somebody. Someone needs to just sing that out right now, <laughs> wherever you are. To break every chain, and so. I, here I am in my room listening to this song, and then I finally get the courage to start singing it and declaring it yeah. and believing it. And, and faith rose in me after about an hour of just sitting there and cowering in fear. So I jumped off the top bunk of my bed, and I, I started singing and declaring and shouting, probably waking all of the—the the whole floor was probably waking up. I'm not sure. I never, I never uh, confirmed that, but I'm pretty sure everybody was waking up and, like, freaked out by this dude singing alone in his room. And I was singing and worshiping and praising God in this moment. And Alex, it was wild. It was like immediately when I started opening my mouth, all the darkness left, all the oppression left, all the cloud left. Why? Because they cannot stand powerful, authentic worship. Right. Yes, we pray. Yes, we have, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in, in authority in prayer. There's power in, you know, declaring the blood of Jesus. But I'm telling you, something breaks loose when we open our mouths, shout and sing and worship and worship yeah. and praise to God. 
And so I just want to, you know, come back to that thought. Like, listen, um, there's power in terms of spiritual warfare. There's power in our praise. You know, there's a song, one of those songs that you can't find on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's a, it's a mashup of stand in your love and surrounded and it's Brandon Lake and Corey Ashbury. And it's, it's an amazing spontaneous worship set. But I remember there's a line. I think it's, I think it's Corey Ashbury says it, you know, what type of demon do we have or what type of uh, demonic power do we have that can be taken down by a song? And it's so true because you think about it, Satan was created to worship. He was created to worship Yahweh, our God. He was created to worship the creator God, but he rebelled and he rejected that because he wanted to worship himself. Mm. But isn't it funny Mm. that the very thing that that Satan was created to to do is the very thing that he is taken out by? Wow, bro. Good good thought. Isn't that amazing? He's overpowered by what he was supposed to be doing. Right. Oh. That preaches. Add that to my sermon illustrations. (laughs) That's good, bro. He's overpowered by what he's supposed to be doing. That's good. So good. I In that idea that you were just talking about, the terror of the night, yeah. have you ever had a night terror? No. It's no. I, I've experienced night terrors. I, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people do. but Once in my life, and it was during a week period, it was the week that I got baptized. Okay. And I baptized you. I remember that. Yeah. That yeah. was the week that I did not expect that I would have so much demonic spiritual yeah. opposition. I would wake up in the in the middle of the night screaming in fear, not even knowing why. And I had never experienced this in my entire life. And I read this text as I was praying. I was sick during the daytime. I was terrified to go to bed at night wow. because I knew yeah. this was going to wow. happen. Wow. How long, how many, how many nights? This was, you know, probably week? three or four nights before oh, I wow. realized like, wow. it, but the enemy had power in, in that over me yeah. because I was a new Christian, fairly walking in the faith, but never before experienced the reality of, 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 of a demonic presence like that. But Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then it goes on to say, He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. Mm. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. And that, once I read that text, you will not fear the terror of the night. I knew that's what it was referring to because the enemy will operate in darkness. He will operate in a place of, of quiet, a place where you're alone. That's what he'll attack the most. But what's interesting is this, and in that season, in that moment, I realized and got such a deeper understanding of Jesus' power and authority. In those three or four nights, I was just crippled with fear until I would speak the name Jesus. And I would read this text from Psalm 91. It would remind me of the reality of God's power and authority. And in that, when I started meditating on that, worshiping it in my in my voice, repeating it over and over, that's when that's when these things start stopped. That's when these these episodes stopped happening. And this wasn't just, oh, I'm having bad dreams. This was a real demonic, and it hasn't happened, has not happened since yeah. that one moment in time. Wow. But it's interesting. Have you ever walked into okay. a, a totally dark room, pitch black, maybe a basement or a, you know, it's at yeah. nighttime? Yeah. And then you turn the light on, and what happens? The darkness goes away. Yeah. Jesus is a, is is in the same same exact metaphor. Mm-hmm. 
If you're in a space of darkness, spiritual darkness, and you invite Jesus in that, you're turning the lights on yeah. and darkness will flee. Yeah, that's right. It's an, Jesus is described throughout scripture as light. That's right. Yeah. God created light on the day, on day one. Um, that's not saying God was created Jesus. They, Jesus was begotten, not created. But it's interesting that God created light on day one. Yeah. And that was to guard and to protect against any demonic warfare in that right. moment. Right. So it's interesting to think about that. Yeah. Come back to that. Yeah. There's that, that there's such a, this, we could, we could talk and talk, but the, you know, there is so much power, so much power. I, I almost wish Christians could see what's actually happening in the spiritual realm when we start to praise God. Oh, well, think about, think about this. The Lord inhabits what verse is that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, right? Or he is enthroned in the praises of his people. Mm. I mean, whenever you start praising, God's like, I'm there. That's where I'm at. Yeah. You lift your voice in, in praise. Oh, I'm right there. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm showing up. Dude, just the other night, we had we had the first ever leadership worship gathering. Yeah. And we were social Powerful. distanced and we were, all that stuff. But bro, just being together, we started lifting up our praise. Boom. Heaven broke in. And we experienced the presence of Jesus. Why? Because we just started singing and shouting and yeah. declaring his goodness. And so... Let's take it all the way back to that. Know this, friend. Whenever you're dealing with any kind of darkness, demonic manifestation or, or whatever, it has no power when you start to praise God. It has no power. Right. In fact, listen, listen. They're, demons are just annoying. If anything, they're just annoying. Right. They have no real power over you. And so whenever you're dealing with this, now you know what to do. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus, you and you have the word of God, and you have praise, all yeah. of which needs to be spoken out of your mouth. Yeah. Out of your mouth. Never underestimate the power of, of declaration. Yeah. And so we want to just encourage you. Listen, thank you so much for listening, and we hope that this has encouraged your faith, stirred you up a little. I feel stirred up right now and um, and blesses you on your spiritual journey. Listen. Um, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Uh, the best is yet to come for you. I know we're all kind of wrestling with spiritual warfare right now. I mean, I mean, in the midst of COVID and all these crises and pandemic and all this stuff, we're all in the middle of a spiritual easy warfare. For fear. It's easy for fear to creep in. But here's right. the thing. We were, that may be a, a spirit of heaviness, but Isaiah 61, three mm. says those who carry a spirit of he yeah. heaviness to put on a garment of praise. Garment of praise, right. Put on some praise. Yeah. Put on some praise. Yeah. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. <laughs> Start going in. Going out, going out with a bang, right? To break every chain. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. Okay. Listen, we love you so much, Gathering Family. Um, thanks for tuning in. Why don't you share this if it's blessed you? I want you to write a review. Uh, send the link to some friends and family members and uh, get the word out for Gathering Podcast. We appreciate you. We're on the road to a thousand downloads, so we're going to do a great giveaway that we'll tell you about in, in just a little bit. So God bless. We love you. Peace.